Hello and welcome to the Riverside Church Southwall podcast. This week's sermon is entitled Overflow, delivered by Paul Toon. I'm so thrilled to be able to welcome our speaker today. Of all the people that we have, and we have some wonderful people coming, visiting us at Riverside, I don't think I admire anybody more than Paul and Becky, of course, and family are here today, who have truly truly laid down their lives for people in dire circumstances and situations. I just stood at the back in the 9.15 service this morning and heard a little bit of Paul's story and uh, it is incredible what God can do when he's got a willing pair of hands. And Paul's going to preach to us today and I hope you'll give him a really warm welcome. Come on, Paul. Good morning, Riverside. I'm using this posh thing today because I need both hands to throw water at everybody. Everybody is getting baptised today. Um, could I actually, could, can, could I have that up? Can someone pass me that? Yeah, can I have the whole box? Do you like a bit of a visual aid? Yeah. Behave, Joe. Um, wow, it's good to be here. Um, Steve and you guys at the Riverside, you don't know how much of a blessing that you are to us um, at Batal. I mean, I can look around and I can see loads of people that have really invested time, uh, money, giftings into Batal. I mean, it's, it's incredible as I, I look around to know how many people I have to hug when I walk in here because we know them, because uh, we know you guys and um, you guys are just a blessing. I'm just um, seeing Nigel and... And, and back there, you know, you guys have not only invested into Batal, but you actually invested into my children. Um, Sefi now is part of Riverside Youth. Um, so, so, come on, there she is. Hey. Um, I said I won't embarrass her, but too late. Um, uh, so, um, and to walk into Riverside Centre and see the kids there leading worship last week was, was just amazing. Um, I, you guys are investing into my kids and um, I can only say thank you so, so much. Um, is it okay if I give you guys a bit of an update of what's going on um, in Batel? Um, so... We've come out of this kind of this season of only what I could call the doldrums. You know, when you're there and you just you're just waiting for the winds to blow and nothing seems to be happening. Anybody? Anybody been there? No, just me and Andy and Helen. Um, um, but yeah, we've come out of this season where you know we're, we're praying for growth, praying for property to grow into, and. Um, it just for a period of about three years, it just didn't, it seemed like something, things weren't happening. And, um, but as God does, um, he has just blessed us this last six months to a year. It's just gone absolutely crazy. So if I share with you if this works, if this works, okay, oh, oh you can't see, but somewhere in there is Jimmy Weald. Oh, can you see? Can you, anyone spot Jimmy? You guys know Jimmy and Tanya. Um, Jimmy is the scouser who's come to preach here, uh, and Tanya is the lady that makes everybody cry. Um, 
Uh, um, so this is Betel, Scotland. These guys moved from Betel, Nottingham to Betel, Scotland. And um, we were waiting for three years to get the plan permission. We bought the building by faith, believing that God had it for us. And um, three years for planning permission to be able to take guys in. They, we've, we've recently got full planning permission to be able to fill the house. And guess what happened? The house got full um, almost immediately. So, so, Jimmy, I know it's amazing. So they're actually looking for a second house in Scotland. So if any of you have any nice retreats near the Motherwell area, um, we'll take it off your hands. Um, so, so, oh, and this is, you can't, it's not very clear, but this is the river. Part, one of the only properties um, around that owns part of the river because it's an old water mill. Hey, so they're going to do the baptisms in the river. Um, this, is, this has just happened as well. Our Derby Centre, which has been mainly men, have just got hold of this woman's centre, able to hold about another 30 women. Um, so that is just uh, amazing. And, and I've got to tell you, all this happens without a penny in the bank. So just so you realise how good God is. Um, this is our Manchester house in Batal. We've had it for a number of years now. Uh, and they've promised that it will belong to us one day. Well, they've just given it to us. And um, actually, because it took so long for, for them to give it to us, they just give them £40,000 to say sorry. Um, <laughs> so I'll take all apologies like that anytime. Um, so this is, the, this is something that's been a dream of Battelle UK for 20 um, odd years, is to have a headquarters. We meet in a warehouse in Birmingham, which is... Um, pretty awful. <laughs> um, it's cold, it's damp, it's hot, it's cold. Um, it's just really difficult. Um, and actually, we've just bought this huge property, again with no money. It's 50,000 square feet, um, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, we've, they've managed to get the roof done, but that's about it so far. But we're hoping it's... it's, it's um, because Birmingham is our headquarters, it's going to be called Anchor Point. So we want it to be, we're using the HQ as Battelle HQ. I think that's quite clever. <laughs> I, I wish I'd thought of that, but I didn't. Um, and if you can see, this is actually what it's going to look like on the outside. There's a better one. Um, so this is pretty incredible. So we've got the building. And we used to have a centre in, in Watford, a men's centre. Um, and somebody gave us a property called the, in the Jordans. Uh, Jordans is pretty nice, wealthy area. And the Watford Centre uh, actually got closed down because um, the property that we were in um, had to go back to its owners. Um, and um, property in London was just way too much money. We felt God was closing the door. So we actually sold this property called the Jordans, which has pretty much given us most of the money to get the headquarters up and running. So it's 1,500-seater auditorium. It's going to have a rising cafe. How many of you have been to rising cafe? The rest of you are rotten. You don't know, what, you don't know good food until you've been to rising cafe. Um, so uh, this is Dale Farm. So this is actually uh, another house that has pretty much just been given to us on a peppercorn rent um, in Birmingham. It's a property that can host about four or five families and another 30 guys. Pretty amazing. And I'm telling you, this is all in just the last few months, guys. This is just amazing. Um, this is Nottingham's Women's House. Come on. 
Um, so again, can, can ha we can have about 30 ladies. We have about 17 there at the moment. Um, and it's just a great property. Somebody give us 50,000 pounds, put a nice extension at the back and redo the windows. Pretty incredible. Um, so the girl's been waiting for that for a long time. And this is a field. <laughs> just to show you how cold it is out there and how nice it is to be here. Um, no, this is actually a field at Manor Farm. So at Manor Farm, we've got this 12-acre site, site, which we've always known that God was going to use this um, to create a type of Batel village where there'll be families, where there'll be um, plenty of uh, room for lots of, of, of men um, to see their lives you know, come off the street and see them transformed and free from addiction. And then it'll be a training facility too. Well, actually, this is a greenbelt area. And I don't know if you've ever tried to get plan permission in a greenbelt area. Um, it's near impossible, especially when you're trying to build a 40-bed house, um, just a small one. Bit like Steve's house, I think. Um, Forty-bed house, and we're actually when it put the plan permission in, and it. Becky was in this plan before a planning committee, and Becky. Um, and I went and we got to talk for three minutes, trying to get across the heart of Battelle in three minutes. And it went to a unanimous vote and they voted, just let them do it. You know, we're... So, so this is um, sort of what it's going to look like. Mike Hume, is he here? So Mike Hume from this church is actually project managing us for free. And he's done all the designs and pushed through the plan permission. And it's, um, it's got this, in, uh, this kind of um, agricultural look because of where it is in the Greenbelt area. So it's just going to be amazing and beautiful. See, some seasons it seems like you're a little dry. But then there are, there are other seasons where God just seems to be overflowing in your life. And I want to talk about a little bit today, if I can, about the overflow. Um, so I'm going to just get my visual aid ready. Um, and before you ask, no, we're not playing bingo. All righty. <laughs> Two little ducks. <laughs> the kids haven't got a clue. It's bingo. Legs 11. There you go. <laughs> My dad used to go to bingo and drag me along. Um, so, praise the Lord. So, all this stuff only happens with Batal, where we can see the most broken lives change when we have friends like you guys who have been there supporting us and helping us for probably a few decades now. <laughs> really, a few, a few decades. Well, since we came to Battelle Nottingham in 2001, I think we've pretty much, within a couple of years, had a relationship. And we love you guys. We love you guys a lot. You've just been so thoughtful, helpful, supportive, and just some really good friends. How many of you know you need good friends in the kingdom? I was saying to the group before, you know, if, if, if Moses didn't have Aaron, the battles would not have got won. You know, and if we as the people of God do not have the people of God around us, battles don't get won. You know, being together in unity in the church is so important. And, and you guys are just, I don't know. 
I can only do everything but cry to say thank you. <laughs> so anyway, so if we can, let's turn in, in our Bibles, if you've got them. I better turn mine the right way. Um, we're going to go to John 4. And I want to talk particularly about one lady, one woman who has an encounter with Jesus at the well. And it's quite a, quite a big read, so I am going to... Crack on. It's the Samaritan woman meets the Messiah. It says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees, Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city, the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Because the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where are you going to get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from him himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband. And come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband, for you've had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you truly spoke. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, Believe me, the hour is coming when you are neither when you are, when you will neither on this mountain nor Jerusalem worship. No, that's not what it says. It says, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you are neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship for we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. In spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I speak to you. I am he. Sorry about that. I think I need a drink after that. 
I love this, this story. I don't know, this woman has issues in her life that a lot of us have. Um, but here we have this, peach, this picture of J- Jesus and the disciples on their way to Galilee from, from Judah. And Jews just didn't travel to Galilee through Samaria. For people to travel that way, I mean, the, the Samaritans to the Jews were those type of people that your mom and dad always told you to keep away from when you were a kid. Um, they, had a, they, they had a serious bad repu- reputation. Um, they were known as being half-breeds. They were known as being religious, religiously challenged. They were neither, neither Jewish nor heathen. They were, they were just all, all over the shop. And, and Jewish people just did not want to mix with Samaritans. But Jesus goes places where a lot of people don't want to go, doesn't he? You know, and I like the fact that Jesus knew that there was some divine appointment that he had to have on the way with this woman. And he went into a place where most of the religious believers, the believers in God, wouldn't even want to go. And I'm just so glad that Jesus actually enters into parts of our life, right, that nobody else wants to go. Come on, he wants to bring healing in our lives that people can't bring healing into. He wants to meet us and encounter us in the areas of our life that are too deep, too sore, too hurt, too broken for anybody else to help us with. And this is what happens with this woman. Jesus has a divine appointment with her and he wants to encounter her. So let's have a look at this woman. So this is my visual aid. So here we have is this woman's life, this oversized whiskey glass. Um, is, is what well, I would say, this is this woman's life. And what we have is this, this lady's issues. Um, she's got a few issues. Um, the, she's got some small issues in her life, and she's also got some big issues in her life. How many of you got big issues? Liar. Um, and, but also along the way, she's also had some promises. You know, we, we've all received the promises of the Lord, but you know when things get bad, we tend to sometimes forget the promises of the Lord. So, so, so this is where we are. Nigel, you need to come and help me. I said I needed a glamorous assistant who was going to get very wet, and he fit the bill. Um, so, so what I want you to do, as I'm, as I'm um, talking about this lady and her issues, I want you to begin to fill her life with the issues um, that she has. So, so let's find out about um, this woman. This woman is, um, she's having a, a, a real rough time. Yeah, that's an issue. Um, yeah, and she's, she's there, and she's there in the heat of the day. Um, what do, and most women would actually be there morning and night, and they'd have a bit of a chat, but she's actually there when it's boiling hot. Why is she doing it? She's avoiding people. Maybe her life's full of guilt. Maybe her life's full of shame. Maybe these people have been speaking negativity about her. Oh, there's the woman who's been married five times, and she's shacked up with somebody that she shouldn't even be shacked up with. And then, and then she is actually, she's married five times. So what does that say about this woman? Well, maybe her first marriage, hold on was actually a good marriage. Maybe she fell in love with her childhood sweetheart, but maybe he passed away. 
Right? Maybe she's, maybe she's a bit mourning. That's an issue. Maybe she's, she's never quite got over it, or maybe, maybe she's never mourned properly. And then she actually, because of the situation, because of the time, she needed a man to help her to plough the fields, to provide for her children, quite, quite, quite possibly. What are you doing, mate? You mentioned, you mentioned you need a man to help, and I thought that in the eyes of the oh, yeah. that's an issue. Yeah, that, well, you put a big one in for that. Um, um, but who, who knows, you know, what happened with this second marriage? Maybe this second marriage, maybe it was an abusive relationship. There's about ten items you could put in there. Um, you know, maybe, maybe he, he was controlling. Uh, maybe he, he, he never measured up to be the, the man that her childhood sweetheart um, used to be like. And it ended up in disaster and she had to run away and then she had to leave where she's from. Uh, I mean, just, just all kinds of issues. And the fear that comes along with that, the more guilt, the more shame, the, the rejection issues that she must be feeling. And then, but the second one, that isn't, she's had a, she, has, she gets married again. So maybe what's happening with this woman, she's become downcast. She's looking for love in all the wrong places. She's putting her hope in a man rather than her hope in the Lord. She must be discouraged. She must feel a bit like an outsider, but that relationship doesn't work either. And there's another two relationships. You know, so she's definitely pulling her hope or looking for love in the places that can only, necessary, can only be found in Christ Jesus. And there's this mountain of issues that have built up in her life. And how many of you know when you're so full of stuff, there's no room left in, in your life? You can be so filled with hurt and pain and nonsense and rejection that actually when Christ does come into your life, that it can be, actually it can be too painful to let him in. And there was only one way that this lady was going to have these issues dealt with in her life. And that was an encounter. That was an encounter with Jesus. But let, let's look a bit more at, at her issues. Now, how many of you know that a lot of the time you get called by your problem? That you might, your, your name might be Paul or, or Nigel, but if, if something happens in our life, while well, people actually begin to speak to us through seeing us with our problem... Whether that was me and it was, it was addict. You know, addicts can never be trusted. How do you know an addict is lying while his lips are moving? You know, and, pe- you know, and, and people look at you and judge you according to situations and failures in your life. And, uh, and, and what is that? Maybe you've been caught lying. Maybe you've been to prison and you're a convict. Maybe you've been drunk or been a, a drunkard. Um, maybe you, you, you struggle with, you know, really bad depression. It causes you to act in ways that... Uh, uh, and not how you would normally be. Maybe you're known as failure or fornicator or adulterer because of stuff that's gone on in your life. But these things soon mount up, and we can look at, look at this and go, actually, th- there are many of these things I do struggle with. There are many of them that I don't struggle with, but there are lots of us in this place that could throw another 20 balls in here just with stuff and events that's happened to us in our past. You know, the, 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 the surprising thing about people who come into the town is that the biggest part of their problem is an addiction. 
The biggest part of their problem is the, is the heart condition. Things that have happened to them in their life. 95% of all addicts haven't had a good father figure in their life. Maybe this lady didn't have a good father figure in her life. Maybe she didn't have a father in her life. Maybe she's always been around men who hurt her. You know, but somewhere along the way, we better throw some promises in there. Somewhere along the way, um, you know, she found a little bit of hope. You know, this man who actually did treat her all right and said, I'll take care of you for the rest of your life. I, I, I will live for you. I'll die for you in sickness and health until death do us part. And there's hope in there. You know, maybe she did... Um, go to a church and there was a visiting prophet who prophesied <laughs> over her life and, and, and promised that all the pain that she'd ever felt, that God was going to bring a healing on it. And she got hope and, and, and she got fed again. And all of a sudden, the, the fourth husband just disappears and doesn't know where she is. How many of you are ready for the, for the overflow? How many of you are ready to see Jesus overflow in your life, because I'll show you what happens to issues in your life once God becomes the center of your life. So here is a woman, she was empty, but let me give you something positive. She was on her way to plenty. She was in spiritual drought, but she was on her, on her way with an encounter of Jesus to a spiritual overflow. So here we have Jesus, the giver of life, Come in, talking to this woman when, she, when he really shouldn't have. Coming into the places in her life that nobody would go. To sit with people that he, they should not normally sit with. To share his identity with people that most would say do not deserve to share on the identity of Jesus. And Jesus, for all of us, and especially I know this because of the ministry that I'm in, We'll go to the deepest and the darkest places in whoever's life. Anyone feel helpless? Anyone feel lost? Anyone feel broken? Anyone feel like you cannot succeed? I want to say this. Get ready for the overflow. Because when you do come into an encounter with Jesus, he turns your life around. He changes you once in your life for the rest of your life. He, he, he brings healing. He brings restoration. He brings renewal on you, spirit, soul, and body. He saves you, gives you hope, gives you peace, gives you help. He nurtures you, helps you to grow and to mature and to be the person that he actually destined you to be before the, the snare of the world got its grip on you. Come on, how many of you want to be that type of person where you are everything that Christ intended you to be for this day? says, doesn't he, behold, he makes all things, all things new. Are you ready for the overflow? Aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't judge us the way other people judge us? Or actually the way that we judge people sometimes. Aren't you glad that he doesn't say you've been too bad? I'm glad he doesn't say you've been too bad, Nigel. Uh, most people would have filled that up by now. Yeah. All right. Okay, we can stay there. Aren't you glad that you don't have to have the right name, the right address, the right fr friends? Aren't you glad he's not 
too interested in how many degrees or affiliations that you've got? Aren't, aren't you glad that Jesus doesn't care, care whether you're black, white, pink, or purple, or fake tan brown? Aren't you, aren't, you glad, aren't you glad that he doesn't care what nationality that you are? Come on. Aren't you glad that he does, he's, not, he doesn't, he's, he's not bothered what car you drive? Aren't you glad that he doesn't care whether you're male or female? Aren't you glad that he doesn't care if you're young or old? Aren't you glad that he doesn't care whether you've been a Christian five minutes or five decades? Come on. Aren't you glad that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, but whosoever, whoever, whosoever, whoever, that is everybody in the whole entire world that Jesus came, whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And how do we perish in this day? How do we perish when we're alive? By letting the dark areas, the issues control us rather than the presence and the power of Jesus leading us and guiding us to be all that he has created us and made us to be. People of hope and peace and joy and rest and healing and deliverance and anointing and power the same power, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave is in you. Are you ready for the, are you ready for the overflow? Do you want to do this bit? Come on in. So, so, so here we have the presence of Jesus. I better hurry up, aren't I? Um, here we have the presence of Jesus and you can start filling that, that putting that bottle in. Um, you know, when Jesus comes into your life, you know, he begins to work in your life. But the evidence of what he's doing in your life is sometimes not seen. In fact, if you hold there, Nigel, if I was to come and have a look over here, um, still, still, when people look at your life, what do they see more than anything? Do they see the presence of Jesus? Do they still see issues? Because when we get saved, actually, we still have issues. We've still got a heart condition to deal with. We've still got, and, and, it, and, and we can get filled, and we can have the living water, the presence of God come into our life. But actually, if we keep going, and we keep going, and you go a bit faster than that, nothing happens. Um, nothing, look, I, I'm gonna, if I go over time, I'm going to tell Steve it's your fault for going really slowly. You know, um, but don't go too fast. Uh, <laughs> Well, what were we saying? Yeah, don't go too fast. You know, but we have something in our life that will not only fill us, you know, but it will actually cause us to live in overflow. It will complete you. It will spill over into your circumstances. It will spill over into your friends. It will spill over into your family. But actually, when people get to this point in their life, they're like, God, I've been walking for so long, but I'm still dealing with so much. Why is it I just don't seem to be getting breakthrough in my life. And I've seen so many people who are one step away from getting victory in their life, give in and quit. You know, when they're one step away, and if we, if, if we were to watch, and Nigel would go a little bit faster, um, when we keep going, and you know what, sometimes we think it's not going to work, and I'm kind of hoping it's going to work, but I know it's going to work because I've tried it and done it, um, we actually begin to see, actually, there are things coming in our life. You know, hold on, do you know that God actually, sometimes in our life, God reveals and heals? There are some things that are, that are, that are in our lives that we just don't know about, and when we come until we meet Jesus, he reveals stuff in our hearts that actually is hidden. Come on, has anybody ever faced any of those issues? Man, I didn't know I was so insecure until I met Jesus. 
You know, and, and I, re- I realized how fearful, how my life had been controlled by insecurity. But, you know, when I did met G- meet Jesus, I met Jesus for once in my life, for the rest of the life. You know, I was saying to the group earlier, the one thing that we, we major on in Battelle is teaching people the word, giving them the living word, filling them with the presence, filling them with the Bible. We just had Mark Hopkins come and do a four-week study on leadership, and that was phenomenal. Why? Because we've got to feed into the, a generation. Even leaders still have issues, and we've got to, we got, got, we got to, we got to feed into. And, um, and what we say when people come to leave Batal, you're only ready to leave Batal when you are ready to actively pursue the presence of Jesus for yourself. Because if you can't actively pursue the presence of Jesus with a body of believers, when you get home, you're not doing it. And if you want victory in your life, it only comes when you are waking up with Jesus, having a cup of tea with Jesus, and going to sleep with Jesus. If you want breakthrough, your life is going to be so consumed with the power of God that when you wake up, the first thing that you think about is not a cup of coffee. Um, I'm still not there. Um, I'm, I'm, I can't open my Bible till I've had a cup of coffee. But this is the sort of this is the only place you're going to get freedom. So here we have. Go for it, Nigel. And so we have. But eventually, when we pursue the presence of God, things begin to change. Hopefully, they will. See, what, you know, you know, you know what I noticed. There, there, there was that bit of hurt from that first husband. Uh, the promise is to stay in there, but it's okay. Um, um, come on, hurry up, faster. We've we got to get somewhere. Um, but the presence of God is ever flowing and overflowing. It's always available. Jesus is saying to you, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Draw close to me and I will draw close to you. What, what, what is the drawing close to him and he will draw close to you? It basically means that you have to be the one that does it first. You've got to be the one that's drawing close to Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You've got to let him in. You've got to pursue him with passion. And, when, you know, and this is what happens when, when you do that. He does make all things new. You know, even though the world may still refer to you by who you were, Jesus begins to call out who you're going to be. You know, when, 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 Jesus, when someone says that you are fatherless, God is now saying he is your father. You are a child of God. You were born again. You are free from addiction. You are free from pain. What a waste of water. Uh, you know, and, and these things are no longer going to hold you. They're no longer going to snare you. And this is the best bit if Nigel will hurry up. Come on, come on, come on. It's nearly there. We'll give a little help. Holy Spirit needs some help. So, and this is the bit, this is the bit I love. When you feel to overflowing, the issues when they come knocking on your door will only ever be on the surface. Because God's dealt with it. He's dealt with it. It's only ever on the surface. And when things are on the surface... <laughs> <laughs> they won't remain. And all these things, although they may still be around your life, you will be free. Because you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Let me talk about the, 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 the scripture. The, the word know is an active know. You, know, you will know the truth. Knowing is it's active, it's a consistent knowing of the truth. You know, when I became a Christian, I wasn't free. 
I wasn't free. Freedom was a process of the more I knew Jesus, the more free I got. So if you want freedom, you've got to keep yourself flowing and the presence of Jesus flowing in your life. And let me be really quick with this part because Nigel was really slow. Um, (laughs) This is the part about this lady's life that I like. As soon as this happened and Jesus revealed himself to her, what did she do? She went back to tell everybody and bring people to Jesus. You you don't learn about Jesus. You don't get to know Jesus in church. You don't get to know Jesus by what people tell you. You get to know Jesus by an encounter. And when you have a encounter with the living Jesus who reveals himself to you as the the Christ, you know, most of her shame was was because, because of people. But she went to those very people who she didn't want to see in the day that she hid from and begin to preach the gospel of Jesus. And, you know, she, she didn't just go there and preach. They all came to encounter Jesus for themselves. Why? Because it was no longer the issue controlling her, but the overflowing power in the presence of God. Let me tell you something. When I first got saved, I first realized heaven and hell was real. Come on, hey, if, if, if I'm saved, what's going to happen with my family? You know, I'm the one that's ruined my family. Why should it be me that goes to heaven and they go to hell? And God said to me, he said, Paul, you've got no faith. Through your testimony, your whole family is going to get saved. So I was kind of like, all right, God, yeah. Um, hey, mom, mom, the Bible says if you don't um, come to know Jesus, you're going to burn in hell and um, uh, you've got to give your life to Jesus. And, you know, my mom at that time still didn't, e- didn't even know I was free from drugs properly. Not, not the way to do it. Um, but over time, as my mom's come to church, as they've seen how I live my life, that what I say and who I am here is who I am out there. My mum and my dad were at one event, Grapevine, and someone gave a call for salvation. And they got everyone to lift their hands up, and my mum and dad lifted their hands up, and, and my mum comes to me after church and said, um, Paul, what, what, did your dad spoke to you? I said, no. I said, what, what happened, Dad? He said, oh, we have such a funny thing, Paul. He said, that's how he talks. He, he said, um, I lifted my hands up, and a fire came burning through my whole body, and I nearly fell over. My dad got filled with the Holy Spirit before he got, before he got saved. My, sift, my sister um, just had a baby. She'd got gallstones that had crushed on her pancreas. Her pancreas was 80% crushed. She was in a serious mess. We went to the hospital. We helped her renounce all the witchcraft because she used to go and see spiritualists in her life. Um, and she gave her life to Jesus. And her life, she, she got saved. My granddad um, um, is, was one of the most stubborn men I know, but he was amazing. He was Italian. Um, not judging Italians. Um, um, but he didn't even come to our wedding because he remembered what I did. But on his deathbed, he said, Paul, you need to come to the hospital because you're the person closest to God. And we led him to Jesus on his deathbed. My nan on my mom's side, we went to hospital, Becky and I, and we led her to Jesus on her deathbed. Hey, what is this? It's ever-flowing and overflowing. It's the presence of Jesus that comes into our life and that just doesn't just change and transform our life, but it changes, changes and transforms everybody's life around you. How do we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, by what Jesus did and how we live our life. 
You know, and if you want to be, if you want to be in the positions in the workplace in this secular world, you want to be a light into the world where you have to make sure you're ever flowing and overflowing because if you're not, you won't. And there's nothing worse than people saying, I'm a Christian, but not living the life. Because that hurts the church more than anything. So ever flowing and overflowing, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I better quit. Because <laughs> Steve's giving me the look. You know that look he gives you when he kind of smiles? But really wants you to shut up? No, not really. See, pursue God and pursue him with thankfulness. It goes on to talk about worship, doesn't it? You know, and I believe this, this, this woman's life was turned around and continuously turned around because it was not about where she worshipped, but it was about how she worshipped. And I believe personal worship and giving thanks to Jesus for everything at all times has always been a success in my life to where 20 years later I can be stood here and still saying when I met Jesus, he turned my life around 100%. You know, it's when we have that life of thankfulness. Where is it? Oh, missing the page. It's all right, need to finish anyway. How many of you are thankful for your families? How many of you are thankful for the church? How many of you are thankful for the word of God? How many of you are thankful that you have the freedom to worship wherever you want to worship? How many of you have the, the, the thankfulness for the food that's on your table? The thankfulness for the friends that are around you? The thankfulness, because see, this kind of thankfulness for me is worship. You know, and the heart of success is worship. Worship, 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 and that's why I love that my Sefi is every day, all day, playing the keyboard and singing all the overwhelming never. Why? Because I know worship, worship in her life is going to lead her to success for the rest of her life. How many of you want to be successful? How many of you want the overflowing presence of Jesus in your life? Two or three? Got some work to do. Steve, will you come? Why don't we... um, Do you like to pray? (laughs) It's a good thing to do. How many of you, or if there's any of you, or any of you that walked into this room knowing that there was a weight... Or there are areas in your life that you just have not been able to get breakthrough in. Is there anybody in this, in this room? Can I see some hands? It's okay, I thought you'd fell off the bat then, so. <laughs> anybody need some breakthrough in your life? Anybody need more of the Holy Spirit? And, and if that's you, I'll just ask you to just stand up where you are. We're in the worship team, if you're... If you, Ready. And I'm just going to ask Steve to pray for you guys. And so why don't we put ourselves just in the posture of receiving and just lift your hands in front of you. 
And first, Lord, I, I want to pray before Steve comes that today will be a day of breakthrough in people's lives. And I know that breakthrough in my life has only come when I've been an active pursuer of your presence. And Father, I pray that as people leave this place, there are one thing in their mind, and that would be to seek first the kingdom of God. Because Father, as we seek first the kingdom of God in your righteousness, so much more happens in our life. New breakthrough, new freedom, new moments of encounter with you, moments when we see your manifest presence in our workplace, moments, Father, of intimacy, real intimacy of your presence. And Father, I pray that this church will be filled with people who have such an intimate relationship with you that it will be evident to everywhere else, everywhere else that they go and with everybody that they talk with. So Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for breakthrough in people's lives in new ways that they've never experienced before. We pray for freedom in areas of people's lives that they've never experienced before. Sorry, Steve, I've got time for one more. I actually was just reading something this morning. And, and you guys know that the passage of the, the, the nobleman's son that got healed. You know that? Um, and Jesus said to him, go because your son lives. You know that passage? This is, the, this is the phrase, because he was with Jesus and he, and he didn't know that there was healing. He didn't know that he'd been, he'd been healed, right? He didn't know, he just heard Jesus say it. And he still had that whole time of walking home before he actually knew for himself that there'd been healing. And I, and I heard this, God does miracles that time has not yet allowed us to walk in. God has done miracles that time has not yet allowed us to walk in. Walk in. And I just get this sense that for many of, you, many of you in this place, that there are things that you've wanted, things with your family, freedom, healing, that it is actually done. But because of time and because of the journey that God wants you to go on, you, it has been manifest in your life, but it has been done. So can we claim that in our lives and just, just speak over those people in our families and just say, it has been done. And raise our own faith and belief to say, you know, actually, God has done it. I just haven't got to that moment in time yet. Thank you, Paul. I really love that. God's done it, but we haven't just seen it yet. And I reckon that, just stay with me, Paul. I just reckon as you've preached an anointed word that it's had a, it's found a place of rest in people's hearts and we just now need to see that outworking. And we've got to close the service in, in, in a couple of minutes, but we're going to sing one last song. And if it would help you just to make a move and come into this center aisle here where we can just pray a prayer of blessing over the work that God's done in your heart today and just take a, a step out here come forward and we will pray for you as we close this thank you for listening and if you'd like to find out more about us you can find us on 
www.riversidechurch.org.uk